What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Living Blessed, the podcast. This is Jovan, your host. I have a special guest. I'm going to call her Mother. <laughs> no, no, no. Let me do that again. Mother. Mother. Carolyn, <laughs> Auntie Shakarlin. Sister Shakarlin. Yes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I ain't seen you in forever, ever, I mean, ever. it's been a minute. A long minute. It is so good to be in a room with someone with great energy out here living blessed. Hey, you know it. Photographer extraordinaire, podcast extraordinaire. <laughs> I, I ain't nobody. I'm just a little somebody. Trying to tell everybody about hey. somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Who can say everybody? But you know about it. <laughs> Come on, y'all. How you been? <laughs> I have been good trying to stay grounded in this pandemic season. So, you know, it's it's been a been a thing, but you know, God is good. Therapy mm-hmm. works. Amen. Prayer meditation and uh the calm app, which I love for the a calm app. Oh yes. You don't know about the calm app, brother? No, nah, put me on. Oh man, so the calm put app me on. has different meditations on there. It also has different soundscapes. So you can download that thing. Right um, now. LeBron James has an amazing meditation on there. Um, it's just free. different people. I think you can get a free version of it. But you got the paid one. But it's it's a paid one that, you know, you can use all year long. That's that's really good. But my therapist represented it. I mean, my therapist, she recommended it. But, yeah, so I listen to it at night. Sometimes I play the soundscapes during class. Like, it helps me to focus on Zoom calls to kind of mm-hmm. play it softly in the background. So, it's been good. Dope, dope. So, it sounds like you've been doing some, uh... Some work work. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> some work work. Be I think the last time I talked to you was at Camden. Like that, no, no, no. Yeah. Last time I seen you in person, should I say. We've, we've talked since then. Yeah. Was at Camden. Um, final year. Or my, my, my final first year, should I say. <laughs> um so how was how has life been at Canada since uh I ain't gonna say since I left, like you know, it was a big deal, but I don't know, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, life at Canada life at Canada has been great. Um I really I never thought I needed, you know, a seminary education because when mm-hmm. I came into Canada, I didn't come to preach or teach. Um, I actually used to work in higher ed, so I was more interested in getting into the prison system and doing work with women in the prison system. Mm -hmm. So the university I came from offered a psychology degree there, and I wanted to teach in that program. And so on the other side of that, I have a Christian coaching company, Buckley's Life Coaching and Empowerment. And so I wanted to make sure that I was rightly dividing the word, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I did, I did. and getting some extra background. So that's another reason that I went to Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, was just really interested in um, Dr. Bounds' work, you know, on the other side with the theological certificate that we offer at the women's prison here in Georgia. And so that is what drew me to Canada. And when I got in there, the Lord was like, ha ha, gotcha. come on and answer this call. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> So <clears throat> I stayed, um, really started focusing, you know, came in thinking, hey, you know, I want to focus on women, theology and ministry, it's mm-hmm. all girl power, that's what I'm doing, and realized that I was w- much more interested in our formation. So um, that is my concentration, uh, for the formation and witness, and I'm also double concentrating in justice, peace, mm-hmm. peace building and conflict transformation. Okay. So... 
Yeah. I'll still answer the call of ministry. I'm a local preacher in the Annie's Lion Church. Shout out to Shaw Temple, Annie's Lion Church. Y'all mm-hmm. come check us, check us out. Where y'all at? 775 Hurt Road. <laughs> you know I was ready. <laughs> well, um, Eldred D. Morrison is my pastor. He's uh-huh. a great leader, a great teacher. He loves us. And I think I was telling somebody this week, one of the great things about my pastor is that he not only prays for you and is there for you, but he covers you. You know, if, mm. if, you're, if you're slipping, showing, he's not going to call you out. So it's that's a great dope. thing to be under, you know, a young visionary pastor and leader. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's my dude. Y'all come <laughs> check us out. <laughs> on Red Shop Temple, we got uh-huh. John Rankins in the building. Y'all come check us out. Dope, dope. So you mentioned formation. So yeah. let's talk about formation for the people who may not know what formation is. Or they may be listening and say, well, what is this whole formation thing? So, you know, um, when I came into Canada, I had never really heard that term formation either. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I, what I really take from it is kind of how we become who we are in, in, in the space of, like, leadership or whether it's our religious formation. You know, so many times throughout our lives, there are things that form us mm-hmm. that kind of push us into a channel. Um, and that was what was kind of really more interesting to me. Gotcha. Um, I definitely have a molecular biology background, but... My master's is in positive psychology, so I've been that mm, you smart, smart, smart. <laughs> so my master's is in positive psychology, and so one of the things that I'm always looking at is, you know, how we get to where we are, mm-hmm. and, you know, what caused that, what pushed us down that path or led us down that path. Um, so that was really interesting to me that there were people kind of studying that from the theological perspective, yeah. you know, how we become who we are as faith leaders, as followers, as carriers and defenders of the word, you know, what makes us us. That's dope. So it's pretty much allowing you to put your unique spin and twist on what ministry is or who you're called to be and really just kind of understanding more of just who God is in inside of all that. Yeah. And it's it's, it's kind of a <clears throat> product. That's like a product of it. Mm-hmm. You know, how we how we are formed is like the clay. Mm-hmm. So many things form us, whether it's our experiences what we choose to study, how we choose to study. Yeah. You know, I flew to Ronnie Cooper class with Dr. Lambelay, fell in love with the justice and peace and, you know, conflict transformation, and I was done from there. You know, how can I help my people, whether I'm in the pulpit mm-hmm. or I'm in the pew, you know, as a, as a faith leader, as a carrier and defender of the word? Yeah. You know, how can I help people um, live authentically and really learn to love themselves and all the things mm-hmm. that form them and got them where they where they are. That's dope. So you've gotten yourself to this point now, and clearly you've heard a call from somewhere, somebody, something, yeah. the big G-O-D. <laughs> and um, a lot of people are always curious to know as to what does it sound like to hear from God and to know that it's God talking to you. Because, of course, I wish I, I – hope I said it right. This guy, he said this thing. He said, I heard a voice. It sounded like God, but sometimes I think it's me. And I got to decipher between, you know, something like that between is it me or is it God speaking or is it they speaking? So how do you know for people out there who are really just trying to understand what does the sound or voice of God sound like and know how do I get on this path, even if it's not even ministry per se, but it's just something that God has called us to either in the church, the marketplace, wherever it may be, how do you specifically know, like, all right, this is definitely God touching me? Um, one of my favorite books 
and I always give it out because <laughs> I buy mo- I bought multiple copies. Mm-hmm. Is discerning the voice of God by Priscilla Shire, mm-hmm. and in that book she says God knows how each of us hears Him. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we get caught up in how another person call it, right, right, or right, or what we think it can sound like. It might not just be the quote unquote voice of God. It might be a person coming up to you confirming what God is trying to drop into your spirit. Mm-hmm. And so I ran from the call for a long, <laughs> long, long time. You know, um, I think the first time I knew that God was calling me, I probably was like 19 years old. But, you know, mm. I was a Thundercat. <laughs> you know, back <laughs> then, a I, thundercat. Was, I was living my life. You know, I was still trying to figure it out. Mm. Um, coming out some traumatic experiences and really just wanting to be wild enough to be free mm-hmm. you know um and so i think for me over time god just continued to pour into me and um i had a traumatic experience at a church you know experiencing church hurt you can go back to church for like two years mm-hmm. um and uh, that was ultimately how i got into the methodist tradition because i was coming down the hill from the great florida a&m university and at the bottom of the hill was uh bethel ame <laughs> church <laughs> it was bethel ame church and you know i just kind of started longing to be back in the sanctuary mm-hmm. um not be around church people but be back in the sanctuary and so i used to sneak into bethel during the week mm-hmm. when the lights would be out they had this magnificent um, sanctuary. I would sneak in there and I would just lay on the altar and I would cry and I wow. would talk to God. Um, and so there was a woman there one day. Her name was Rhonda Davis. Um, and she had just finished a fierce battle with breast cancer. It was like stage four at that time. And she had, you know, won, mm-hmm. been victorious. And so one day I was coming out and there used to be a library that she sat in and she saw me one day. She caught me and she asked me to come and sit with her. And so I just was talking to her, you know, like nothing. And I didn't know she was a school counselor, so she must have known I needed her, right? Yeah. And so she just talking to me, talking to me, you know, telling me about my life, you know, da 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 And she said, well, I'll be here if you want to come back. And what I didn't know at the time is that she just wanted to be helpful. You know, mm-hmm. she had just come out of that battle. She was like, you know, I can help y'all out with stuff. She was just in there kind of doing some admin stuff. And so... I will come back and I will lay on the altar, but she would be there to talk to me. Wow. Um, and so one Sunday after a couple of weeks of talking to her, I ended up coming into the church on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that was how I got back into Methodism. And, you know, what I, what I loved about Bethel is that they didn't care who I was or where I came from. I was a college student. You know, they just loved on me. And yeah. before I knew it, I was the secretary of the young adult ministry. Then I was the VP of the young adult ministry. Mm. Um, so that was a plus. Like, I feel like God just kind of led me into Bethel. Right, but right. he knew who was sitting in Bethel <laughs> and was going to catch me creeping in. <laughs> right, 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 right. And so my life has been kind of a series mm-hmm. of those types of okay. scenarios. And so um, a couple months after that, I was at, like, a little storefront church at some revival I had seen, you know, because you know how when we get back into church, we like all in, yeah, right? All yeah, in. So <laughs> I was at this revival, and there was a woman, and she was prophesying. Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting back there like, mm, okay, you know, because everybody and their mama call themselves a prophet sometimes. <laughs> okay, whatever. Right. And so this woman said to me, she said, um, you're going to preach the gospel, mm. and you're, you're going to be a voice to the nations. 
And I was kind of looking at her because she had prophesied all these people and they was like saying phrase and I was just looking at her like damn falling out and everything. So <laughs> she was like, you you want to be a voice to the nations and um, but she said don't don't get arrogant, mm. don't get arrogant, don't get haughty. And so I'm like looking at her like, girl, don't get arrogant. I don't even believe you right now. <laughs> you know? But uh, all these years later, I don't know about a voice to the nations. I mean, I right, don't right, be right, arrogant, right. But, <laughs> but you know, like I said, I am a local preacher in the AME mm-hmm. Bible Church, and um, Shaw Temple is one of the most amazing things that ever happened to me. Right, right. So it was, it was a plus. Um, I didn't know until the second I sent my pastor my email about being ready. And I think that's what the title said. I'm ready or something like that. And I didn't know until that moment that I was going to respond to a call. And so, so much stuff had happened over that time. I just didn't feel worthy. I had been sexually assaulted with a really brutal assault. Mm. Um, and so I'm just like, okay, you know, still living terrified where I was, yeah. kind of in hiding. You know, I lived in a gated community after that, like mm-hmm. way up in the hills, away from the from the city. Um, and so, you know, having that kind of stuff going on, thinking like, you know, who, who? Like, right, right, who right. I'm supposed to believe? This woman talking about, I want you to be a voice of the nation. For who? <laughs> you know, like, I could barely figure that stuff out. Yeah. You know, just had mm-hmm. been through a lot of things, kind of was a walking statistic. Even being at FAMU, I was still a nerd, you know, in the molecular biology department. But um, one of my first teachers that I had at FAMU, we were introducing ourselves. And he said, uh, oh, well, let me let me talk to you after class. And I said, okay. And he said, well, where are you from? And I told him I'm from a small town in Florida. You know, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna shout them out, but you know, hey, 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 they they know what we know what it is, <laughs> Polk County, right? And so, um, I'm from a small town in Florida, and I love it. Mm-hmm. But my professor, one of my first professors, freshman year in college, when I told him where I was from, he was like, "Oh, I'm surprised." And I said, "Well, why is that?" And he said, "Because we're well spoken." Wow. And so I immediately <laughs> was like, what? I was kind of shocked, but, you know, still offended. Mm-hmm. And he said, where you're from, people are known for cocaine and strawberries. Wow. Because we always had, like, migrant farmers. We do strawberries and all of that. And he said, if you don't get pregnant in your first semester, you'll be successful. Wow. And I was blown away by that. And, you know, I knew what people said about where I was from, but where I'm from, people, you know, that's that's from the outside, but where I'm from, people are hard workers. Mm-hmm. People love each other. People yeah, love yeah. their neighbors. You know, that's why I love going home because when you come home, you almost feel like a celebrity. You get to see those people. You get to ride by, what's going on? Right, you know, right. <laughs> people and, you know, with funerals, it's a time mm-hmm. of mourning, but people actually bring food to the family and people yeah. get together and have a good time. And so I just, I was just explored by that. But those things kind of stick with you. As mm-hmm. much as I hated it, I knew that some of what he was saying was true. Right. And I, you know, it kind of pushed me to continue. But I'm like, you know, again, like, this is, I'm a walking statistic at this point. Mm. You know, my mom always worked really hard to kind of take care of me and my brother. Um, <clears throat> my dad was amazing, had his own battles and challenges, you know what I'm saying? Right, so, right, right. You know, it just gets to this point where you're like, who, who am I going to believe? Right, You know, exactly. who am I going to tell anything? Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, God made sure that he got my attention Mm -hmm. you know he kept whenever I would try to turn away from the path he would kind of push me back in and I realized that even in the moments of my life where some people that might know me would look and say "Mm, look look at her look look how she living look what she was doing you know it's kind of like look at me now though right 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 I think some of the challenges I face is what makes me relatable to people because 
you know, it don't matter what background you're coming from. I got friends from all over, friends from all different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. My background is kind of shaded as well. And so when somebody walks into the temple, you know, I'm just glad that they're there. You know, um, it's one of the things that I learned in college, especially after being assaulted and, you know, not really having the will to live after that, being so afraid. Um, one of the things that I realized is that sometimes a smile and a hug can be the thing standing between you and a person that's ready to mm-hmm. commit suicide. Go a long way. You know, um, I know what it feels like mm-hmm. to wake up and say, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. Right, right, right. I don't want to live like this. I don't want to feel this pain. I don't want to feel this hurt anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, even with that. Like, God, really? You want me? <laughs> That's me. always my thing. You want me? <laughs> you, you want me? You sure? You sure? Are you <laughs> sure, God? Are you sure? I think, but that's another thing about the leadership at my church because, mm-hmm. you know, they they allow us, especially during our district studies, to just be honest, you know, about who we are and what we're yeah. going through and, you know, encourage us because God knew who you were when he called you. For sure. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that you would deal with and that doesn't mean that you get to be reckless in the name of Jesus but what it does mean is that God can use every single portion of who you are the good the bad the ugly Mm -hmm. the stuff that you're ashamed of and even with that I don't think every part of your testimony is everybody's business I think that God chose you when where and who and how to share those things to get to to be able to give him glory Mm -hmm. oh yeah for sure so, when we were talking about, you know, you coming on the podcast, we were, uh, you know, just giving you some background on, you know, we discussed, you know, just overcoming drastic situations. And your response to me touched me. Um, Because I never thought about it that way because I utilize this platform for people to really just tell, share their stories and, like, you know, to everyone reach one type deal. Like, you know... If you're willing to share your story on this podcast, you know, you can reach somebody by helping them overcome because you've overcome. But your response was so unique, and it made me look at me again. Because I've been looking at myself, like, you know, for so long because I've been trying to get over my own trauma, trying to get over myself so much. And then your response made me look at myself again in the mirror, a full-body mirror, not just a little bathroom mirror where you only see the waist up, like – you allowed me to see everything, and I want to talk about that. I want to talk about your response in our conversation. So, like, you know, do you remember your, your response? <clears throat> I do. I do remember my response. Um, you can you can share an aspect of it that, that, that you kind of invite me to roll into. Um, but when I was thinking about overcoming mm-hmm. and sharing a story of overcoming on this podcast, the first thing I thought about was how challenging it was for me to overcome myself. Yeah. That was a journey. Mm-hmm. That was a journey. Um, and that's why I'm doing work now. But, you know, after, you know, kind of being a walking statistic, mm-hmm. after, you know, coming into the ministry, after having started a company to coach women through trauma, mm-hmm. after all the things, I still realized that there was really learned behavior from my trauma that I had to learn to overcome. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, we're going to have people that doubt us. And, you know, I used to work with kids a lot, and I would tell them, you know, it's going to be people that right. think you can't make it. It's going to be people that think you can't do, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, sometimes you got to realize that it's you. Mm-hmm. 
that might be you right. know, the challenge. Like, when I tell you I'm so chill now, I mind my business, but more importantly, I mind my mental health. Mm-hmm. I mind my spiritual health. Um, you know, just understanding that a lot of the things that happened in my life, you know, it wasn't my fault. But I realized that I had a lot of fear also because mm-hmm. sometimes the people I am around, you know, they haven't had the same experiences I've had of trauma, right, you know, right, the things right. that I've gone through. And so especially being at Chandler, you know, some of my classmates, I had to really kind of sit down and think about it. Some of them are so young, mm, you know, yeah, compared yeah. to where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I have Chandler classmates that are 10, 20 years, 30 years older than me. And then I have some that are 10 years younger, mm-hmm. which sounds crazy. But yeah. it's like even a grad program, some of these people are coming straight out of, you know, undergrad and, you know, some of them had were in accelerated programs before, so they really, really young. And, you know, you grow to love your friends and your classmates, but I realized that when you hold a butterfly too tight, you crush it, mm. right? And mm-hmm. so just the way people might not have wanted me to have certain experiences when I was young, like, sometimes you can't just stand there um, to be the hall monitor in somebody's life. Right, right, right. You gotta right. let God be God mm-hmm. in other people's lives, and by default, you end up giving yourself permission to let God be God in your life. Yeah. You know, and so I've learned to love and love deeply and love well, but also understand that people are going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And it's not my job to keep them from making them. You know, it's not my job to, you know, just always jump in and try to save somebody and help people feel better and whatever. Like, God sent me to Chandler for a reason. Yeah. And it was for me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Sometimes we come in looking at how we can help others and mm-hmm. how we can bring about change, especially those of us that are ministers, you know, yeah, in our own Superman life. complex. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I had, um, you know, my name starts with an S, but I had to take that S off my chest. <laughs> and, you know, really um, understanding boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries, yeah, yeah, healthy yeah. pace. You know, but one of the things that I really um, realized that my a lot of my procrastination and a lot of my challenges were tied into my need for perfection, mm. right? So sometimes you don't start that assignment, you don't take on that project, you don't respond to that call mm-hmm. because you feel like you have to be perfect. Right, right, right. And I'm so glad that God kind of, he threw me in, I responded to the call, but it's almost like it accelerated. So mm-hmm. like whether I would have started at 19, the first time I knew I was called, or with me starting at like 31, 32, mm-hmm. you know, when I actually sent my pastor that message and said, I'm ready, you know, it's still the same thing. It's right, the right, same right. Process. Um, and if I can encourage anybody on that, I would tell them it doesn't have to be perfect. Definitely. Like even simple things like my hair, my hair is locked now. I always used to have long, straight hair like Harry mm-hmm. Potter, right? And flip my hair in the wind. <laughs> People ask me why I lock my hair. For one, I had done a lot of stuff with my hair. Mm-hmm. But I knew that it could, my hair could not be perfect if it was locked. If yeah, you yeah, over twist yeah. it, you won't have edges. And when you see people with no edges, you know they ain't living right. <laughs> you know, so... Um, <clears throat> sometimes it might get a little ragged. <sighs> you know, my edges not going to be perfect all the time. For sure. But that was one of the things... That like it was it was the sign of a deeper thing, and I always ask mm-hmm. my clients, "Where have you seen this before?" Because my hair always had to be perfect. Right. You know, I wanted my clothing to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to get my nails done two or three times a week, get them repainted, and all of that. And so people probably see me now from college, and they probably like, "Lord, Shakira done fell off, Lord. She done she done <laughs> let herself go to the wolves, Jesus." But <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, uh huh, I realized it don't matter how you dress up, Tommy. For sure. 
it's it's gonna be it's there. It's still gonna be there. Mm-hmm. It's still gonna be there. And so, you know, I had to really work to overcome myself. I mm-hmm. had to really realize that sometimes I engaged myself in busy work and different relationships mm-hmm. so that I wouldn't have to sit in the silence of my own life. Mm. And now that I've created these boundaries and made space for myself to actually do what God has called me to do, um, I was talking to my therapist and I was like, man, you know, I've never had a season like this, you know, and I'm, I'm a seer, you know, God speaks to me in my dreams in different ways. And, you know, I used to be terrified of it, but it's, you know, it's whatever. Yeah, yeah. But my therapist said, well, there's a season to discern. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a season to hear. Yeah. And a season to be quiet. Mm-hmm. I've never had it. None of those seasons. No. Since I was young, I had never had the season to be quiet. There was always something going on when I was in high school. I skipped a grade, mm-hmm. you know, so I can graduate early. All my friends were older. I went to college. By the time I got to college, I had done everything I was big and bold enough to do. Mm-hmm. So, like, I wasn't partying. I wasn't drinking. She wasn't clubbing. I wasn't doing any of that. You know, but I realized that I had really rushed through life mm. in a lot of ways like because i was always so mature people felt like i should continue to be mature right, like, oh, right, she mature, right. she can do it she yeah. can handle it she can take care of herself and i think a lot of my formation mm-hmm. um had fractures in it because i was a kid just kind of trying to figure it out right you know and i had a strong mom that you know just did whatever she had to do she was one of them in the mean necessary mm-hmm. type of people and so i was just like all right well you know she taught me how to be a cat family and <clears throat> God just see me laughing if you pop in the car she's gonna do that. <laughs> she taught me um how to attack things and I remember one time she said to me, Clearly, you don't wait until something comes to you. You attack it. Mm-hmm. You get on it. And, you know, I think there's a time for that. Yeah. Like sometimes it's a great thing, sometimes it's not so great right. of a thing because um you could be attacking something that um you're not ready for. Oh, just yeah. because you see it in your purview, just because mm-hmm. you know it, you know, um, doesn't mean that now is the time to activate or even, you know, be be there. We we put a lot on, you know, entrepreneurship and getting out there and getting in and, you know, I'm building, I'm right, building. Right, you hear right. people say, I'm building mm-hmm. all the time. Have you built yourself to withstand what you're trying to build? Mm. Hey, leave me alone. I'm just saying. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm just saying. Sometimes we want to build empires mm-hmm. and have not. If we were the pillar, we're going to crumble down because we haven't done the work to build ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's not about getting more degrees. It's not about, you know, oh, let me network, let me connect, blah, blah, blah. Because a lot of people, you know, we got social media, we have all this stuff that make us look like we're really working out here. But um, a lot of people that I know that's really working and getting the coins. You know, didn't announce anything. They didn't say anything. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. You just one day didn't pop up with trunks and <laughs> you know, all kinds of stuff. You're like, yeah, dang, yeah, yeah. okay, you know, okay. Right, right. You know, but mm-hmm. there is a level of building personally that needs to occur. We always talk about in seminar about greed on people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we, we got all these band-aids and band-aids. We just bleeding on folks. All over folks. You know, we, we bleeding on ourselves. We bleeding on people that mm-hmm. we upset and in people's faces. We bleeding on their when people people call us out, yeah, you know, on what we're doing. So, you know, I think it's really important that we take that time, like this season of silence. Like, I've been so much more focused. I sleep better. I've lost weight. My mm-hmm. blood pressure is good. Even my um, biochemistry is good. I've had some blood work done for the first time in years, wow. probably ever. You know, every single piece of my blood work was within normal range. 
That's great. You know, juicing, drinking infused waters, you know, cooking more at home, spending more time. Stuff that I just never thought that I had time to do. All that mm-hmm. business time is for the birds. Oh, for sure. I hate really it. really dead. Mm-hmm. Really dead. You'll dead have dope before your logos. Mm-hmm. You'll have YouTube. You'll have all kinds of stuff. Everybody doing podcasts and everything under the sun. You'll have all this intellectual property, and you'll have done nothing. Mm. You know, look at Chadwick Boseman and how people mourned him. And, you know, just the work, the sheer work that we had done. And people argue about whether he should or should not have been doing it. But he knew what was coming. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He knew what was coming. And I like to think that he left it all on the on the table. Oh, for sure. Definitely, definitely, And that's definitely. a great thing. But sometimes we try to leave it all on the table that don't have no legs. Mm-hmm. We got a break. As a life coach, you know, you're helping people overcome, you're helping people just get through or really just see the things that they know they can see, but the scales are on their eyes. Mm-hmm. What are some what are some practices that you use with your clients that you could give to us today that we can start implementing now when it comes to, you know, looking at ourselves in that mirror, you know, and really like getting deep into beyond not even getting deep into self getting beyond the surface of who we think we are or what we know ourselves to be and really becoming like getting over ourselves um i think one of my favorite coaching techniques is mindfulness mm-hmm. you know and it's, it's a lot wrapped up into that but really taking the time to sit and think about a thing um one of the ways mindfulness helped me is that it taught me how to sit with an emotion mm-hmm. and not necessarily try to change it. Yeah. You know, take inventory and perspective on where I am. If I feel sad, if I feel scared, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that. Right. Um, not trying to sell yourself I'm good, I'm over it, because that's how you end up, you know, with the wounds and mm-hmm. the bruising and bleeding. And right, right, you right. Know, we think that we've, we've gotten done with it. Um, but definitely taking time to sit with emotions, taking time to shift perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been really important. Also, kind of cognitive and behavioral training. Like, if you could change your thoughts, you can change the way you respond to right. things. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we, I'm going to be vulnerable here, but <laughs> <laughs> I've had some, some very interesting um, romantic relationships. Yeah. 
and most people will tell you my, my father and my mother will probably tell you like oh she don't cook that's why you don't like it you know and you know what it is too <laughs> you know what I mean when she out there <laughs> you know but um one of the things that I realized is that because of my thoughts mm-hmm. and stuff that I've been through I don't like giving folks my blood right and so you cannot feed your family you can't feed your parents your siblings your cousins like yeah. my blood they're gonna be there mm-hmm. but you do feed who you decide to be one of those people in your life for sure mm-hmm. and so that's not to say that i don't just what throw somebody phone in the trash unwarranted <laughs> right but in me being so busy i had to sit what what really needed to be um purposeful development into the short periods of time that I had mm-hmm. outside of the schedule that God did not tell me to develop. Mm. Okay? Mm-mm. So that was, that was <laughs> the thing, right? So I didn't have time to be sitting around doing all this communicating. I'm like, you know, you're a grown man. You're trying to be with me. You obviously know that I, that I'm busy. I like, you know, doing stuff. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like drama. I do not like dramatic. And it's funny because I say that. Yeah, yeah. Like, when I meet people, you know, any woman is halfway worth her salt. She's going to meet men all the time. Right, right, you right. You know, whatever. Especially women that got long, flowing locks <laughs> and beautiful eyelashes. <laughs> Carriers and defenders of the word. They're after us, ladies. They're out here. They want the women of God. <laughs> you know, you, you meet guys all the time uh-huh. and you know you kind of gotta figure out who you who's worth their salt yeah um but yeah you know so so my parents might say you know i, I i'll just run off and leave somebody but one of the things that i recognize you know about myself is that i had to learn to be a better communicator mm. just because i tell you who i am it's a lot of girls that be like i don't do this i don't do that right blah, right blah, right no nah, i mean what i say right <laughs> you know but i understood that Sometimes I did not give enough grace. Mm. Sometimes they didn't need it. They needed to be gone. Oh, for sure. But sometimes I've looked back on things like, mm, I could have did that just just a little better. Right, right, right. Time. Right. Could have slowed that down just <laughs> You know, um, but again, it's one of those things where it's kind of like a test. It's, it's a mm-hmm. learning experience. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, just sitting with that and, and, and res- my responses mm-hmm. and so now I'm like a lot more slow with with my responses you know I'm, I'm definitely more thoughtful and more mm-hmm. careful with how I do a thing now I still will get somebody gone because I and I mean that's anybody that's not right, right, right. romantic relationships that's people that I'm in platonic relationships with friendships whatever um, business relationships mm-hmm. because I really do not like a lot of drama I think the thing that has shifted now is that I'm more cognizant about having conversations and mm-hmm. just letting you know, hey, I don't want to do this no more. Right. We can't be friends. This is why, you know, communicating. But I've gotten to the point now where I'm not going to say things too many times, mm-hmm. but it's a healthier disconnect. Mm. You know, sometimes you have necessary endings. That's a, a good book that I've been told people need to read, mm-hmm. you know, because some endings are just necessary. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you get yourself to the point where you are effectively communicating with somebody? Because you mentioned, like, you know, you would customize a heartbeat, you would tell them who you are, and you would expect that person to know who you are because you said it once. But throughout that, you know, the journey of that relationship, things come up, things happen, and sometimes we aren't always the people that we say that we are because life just happens. 
So what are some like key communication tips that you can say like throughout that journey that you should continue to maybe just tell someone or how do you keep that communication flowing to ensure that you know you're being an effective communicator? Because some people say, Oh, because I talk, I'm a you know, I'm a direct person that I'm an effective communicator. <clears throat> but sometimes just being so direct doesn't mean that you're effectively communicating because the way that somebody either interprets or responds to how that you're being so quote unquote direct doesn't always mean that you're being effectively communicate um, communicating with them. Um, I think the thing is the key for me has been understanding that just because I think it, it doesn't make it so. Mm. And so I think sometimes in relationships, like say your boyfriend don't call you for two days. Mm-hmm. Some people might be like, oh, girl, he out here doing whatever. He probably out here on Tinder, girl. He out here <laughs> playing with you. You got to cut him. Swiping right. Over, you know, you got all this foolery. And maybe he's just tired. Mm. Maybe he um, is out living life and not attached to a phone. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's going through something. Right, right, right. He or she, you know, whoever he is with. Um, I think learning to silence those negative thoughts in my mind that are based off my own trauma, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, they, they're trying to leave me. Right. This person is trying to ban- abandon me. They're trying to walk away from mm. me. You know what I'm saying? So you got to do something before they get you. Right, right, right. You know, or, you know, just, just thinking or coming up with scenarios, just thoughts, stuff that might be happening. It could be true. You could be dealing with somebody that's trash. Mm-hmm. But right. <laughs> you might also be dealing with somebody that's going through something that you might not understand. They might not be there. Right, right, right. They might not want to share with you what's actually going on for fear that you might lose them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So just really understanding that whatever is for you is going to be for you mm-hmm. and just giving people space to, you know, come back. So, like, when you're talking about communicating with a person – if that's a text message, you know, I, I, I believe in writing. I still like to journal. Um, sometimes I have to go to my journal with a gun to mm. see if what I'm even thinking or experiencing is actually reality. That's dope. And then read it to yourself and get that response of feel, that feeling yeah. that you're hoping to get. Okay, I, that's dope. Yeah. That's and a so, dope technique. So, so, for instance, you yelling at a person because they're not coming to you or you haven't seen them, yada, yada, yada. It only heightens whatever experience you may have, and this is probably negative. If you know already that this person wants to be with you and wants to spend time with you, it's irrational that you would think that they are avoiding you, mm. right? Something's going on. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we get so caught up in the fear, we don't we don't want to touch them. And so sometimes I'll write in my journal or type some notes out or, you know, whatever, because it's not about, you know, like, oh, these things just pop in your head, but it's the reality of, is this conveying what I want to say to them? Mm. Me yelling at them pulling up on them, not speaking to them. Like, some people, no, you got to play. You got to do this. You got to do that. Da, 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 da. No, you do not, mm. because I don't want somebody playing with me. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, sometimes you have to just really understand that take a take a beat. Take take a beat. Take a pause. Even if you feel like you're right. Mm-hmm. If somebody runs the light, are you going to jump out in front of them? Because they ran the light, and you got the green light, and they got the red. Absolutely not. You're going to be right, but you're going to be dead wrong. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you have to get to the point where you can you can pause, sit with those emotions mm-hmm. again, and think about whether or not this is even worth it. Because sometimes we go off on people and we're pushing them away when what we really want to do is draw them in. Mm-hmm. And so there have been times when um, 
you know, and recently I was just like, you know what, this frustrates me and this is why this frustrates me. Mm-hmm. And you know what comes out in the end, it's like it's because I care about you right. that X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you care about a person, we always want to quote this scripture, but you know, it's patient, it's kind. Love is patient. Mm-hmm. It's kind, keeps no record of wrongs. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that you would continually allow a person to run over you because you do have boundaries. But if a person comes back to you genuinely says that I'm sorry, no matter what the situation is, mm-hmm. you have a right to you have a right. Now you don't have to, but you have a right, right. <laughs> to hear that person out, mm-hmm. you know, and decide what you want to do. And I think that kind of leads me to the next piece of communication, making sure you're keeping it with that person and not everybody else. Mm-hmm. Because other people, they're not in your situation. They don't have the same emotions. People have their own motivations. You know, there might be friends that mean well, mm-hmm. but they say the wrong things. Right. And if you out here, you know, in a business relationship with that person, th- these outside people are not making money with you and that person. If you're in a romantic relationship and you're married, these outside people have no bearing on the covenant that you made with this person or mm-hmm. the commitment that you made to this person. Mm. And so sometimes we do a lot of that horizontal talking when we really just need to be talking straight in front of us to that person mm. or straight to God first. I'm preaching preaching Mm. from my experiences and the mistakes that I have made Mm -hmm. because I've made them. Yeah. You know, chop somebody's funds because you did what? You know, he was going through something. Just cut them off, block Mm. them, delete it. You know, just that quick wasn't right. But you know, the thing about it, um, it's like you know, okay, you're going through something, but that person has to communicate also. But now I understand that not everybody Mm -hmm. communicates well. They're not going to say what they're going through. Sometimes people are ashamed to say what they're going through. Mm -hmm. They're embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so that's like if I don't have gas money, Mm -hmm. you know, and everybody want me to come to brunch, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like they might, oh, she she, she always want to stay home. She don't want to do nothing. I don't want to tell people that I don't have gas money to go to brunch. Right, right, Because I don't have money for brunch. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I think. You don't owe anybody anything, but if the people around you are the kind of people that you cannot share, like, hey, I'm just going through this thing right now, you know, you might want to evaluate that, making sure you have the right support system yeah, around yeah. you, but also understanding that you don't have to share anything at all. Mm-hmm. And people that really love you and care about you, they will give you the space to do what you need to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to touch on one final topic before we close. Um. And it's sitting with your emotions because that can be very brutal for somebody who doesn't like being alone, mm-hmm. someone who doesn't like being alone with themselves, or someone who doesn't want to deal with them pro- their own problems. Like, you know, you said you had to sit with your emotions. Um, I've sat with my emotions. It's scary. It's uncomfortable. Um, it's everything you don't want it to be and some so like what was it like sitting with your emotions and you know going from 19 year old Shakella to today's Shakella? um <clears throat> i'm gonna be brutally honest with you i didn't want to die mm. i didn't want to die but um i understood that a lot of my health conditions were stress related mm-hmm. um and more so um there have been times where if I would not have been a believer, I probably would have never died. Yeah. And so when I think about, you know, my nieces, my nephews, 
see the God children and family and friends and I have my own friends and I have a very good foundation <laughs> for that. Um, when I think about the people around me that I love, mm-hmm. I don't want them to wake up without me because I don't want to see them. And mm. I also have to always remember what God called me to first. Mm-hmm. And that is to help women live their fullest lives, to help them live authentically and just love themselves. I cannot sit across from a woman and be hypocritical while I'm not wanting to do the work that I'm telling her she needs to do. Yeah, yeah. And so I feel like um, it was almost a form of worship because if God really wanted me to be a warrior for him, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I'm practicing. You hear me put any soldier out that's never lived a basic training. Right, right, you right. Know, that's, that's, that doesn't keep their body fit. You know, because at the end of the day, lives are in danger. Mm-hmm. And that's fake. And that yeah. person is, you know, a part of, you know, the, um, the group. And so I didn't want to be that weak link, not only for others, but for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, because I like being weak. You know, I like being stubborn. I like myself. I yeah, like sitting yeah. on my butt cheeks with my red banana trees and my cinnamon seeds <laughs> and, you know, with my little, you know, my little juice that I done scratched from yeah, my yeah, masticated yeah. juicer. <laughs> you know, um, I like that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to die. I didn't want to wake up wishing I was dead. Mm. And I've had that. I've had those experiences and trauma that I come out of, especially being a believer. And I'm like, well, God, why me? Right, why right, do I right. keep going through this? Yeah. Am I a bad person? What have I done? You know, mm-hmm. to deserve these types of things. And when you don't have those answers to that, that's challenging. Yeah. But now, looking back, I'm like, man, you know, I, I get it. I had way more resilience than mm-hmm. a lot of people, which is what got me into coaching in the first place. But there are some people that died in the things that I had walked through mm. almost instantly. Like, yeah. You know, just being engaged, not even knowing how to walk through it, right? But, you know, they, they were people that had died. People mm-hmm. that didn't make it. Yeah. You know, and so I understood that God gave, was giving me grace in those moments, even when, you know, my faith was coming into this. Even when I was waking up saying, I don't want to do this no more. Mm-hmm. Even when, you know, I was going through hell and high water and I had to put a smile on my face and just roll into the church. Yeah. You know, and make things happen. Even when people that I loved and trusted turned their backs on me. Even when, you know, I was in love and somebody fell out of love and didn't even bother to send me a postcard. You know, even when Mm -hmm. (laughs) the chips were down, you know, I had to understand that um, God had graced me to survive it. And now looking back on it, it's like every single piece of that Mm -hmm. is in my ministry now. And not because I forced it, it just effortlessly falls in. And I think that's the that's the message also just sitting with your emotions is understanding that it's kind of like a stiff, like a, a gumbo. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you're putting stuff in, but you know it's got to sit for a minute. Mm. And I love Jamaican food, but I don't like to go get Jamaican food from any restaurant early in the morning because it hasn't had time to stew right, in those right. spices. Yet. It's right. gonna be good. <laughs> it's gonna be tasting real bland. Mm-hmm. You know, real whatever. Right, right. You know, sometimes you gotta let all the spices and seasonings that God has put in just simmer in your spirit. You gotta let them simmer in your soul. So you know, even though the goodness and the, the great parts, the laughter, the pains that I've developed, mm-hmm. you know, the things that I've achieved and accomplished that people are like, yeah, clap it up, that's excellent. Mm-hmm. It's still sitting in there with that weight. Yeah. And I was raped twice, mm. not once. 
the first time I was 16 years old, I didn't have a coach or talk to them. I think maybe five people know me at this point. And mm-hmm. now all of your listeners, hey, guys, <laughs> we get real in here. You know, but sitting with that. That's, a, that's, that's hard to sit with. Yeah, allowing that stuff to stew together. But there are some things that if you eat it by yourself, it's bitter. Mm-hmm. But you put it into the pot with some other things, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm grateful to God. And I never thought I would say it, but I'm grateful for every single solitary thing that I experienced, whether I bought it on myself, whether it's my disobedience, or whether it was just something that God needed to put into me for the right space and the right time. I am grateful for every single piece of it because I'm gumbo, baby. <laughs> and I'm good. And, you know, I know that one day my greatest ministry will be my marriage and my family. That's one thing that I heard God say clearly. And I couldn't have done that without vulnerability. Mm. Like, I couldn't, I'm, I'm, I don't feel like I would have been a great mother without understanding that sometimes my kid can be smiling right now. Right. And really going through something. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't think that I would have been a, been a great wife, you know, being selfish mm-hmm. or, you know, just chopping off and not forgiving. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Get up out of there. <laughs> you probably was with Keisha. <laughs> That's my favorite. Keisha, I know you was with Keisha, right? You know, but just understanding that, um, you don't believe nothing that you hear and only half of what you see. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can see things in a relationship that you think is a thing when it's really not. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't I don't think I would have had the compassion in order for me to give the compassion to someone else. I had to give it to myself. Mm-hmm. You know, so you might not want to sit with those emotions. Just like you might not want to wait on that gumbo to get done. Yeah. But if you eat it too soon, it's not worth it. Mm. And I would be like, mm. don't serve it. Everybody don't matter. Right. Thing is, a lot of us are serving ourselves to people entirely too soon, and we haven't gotten ourselves right. We jump into relationships too soon because mm-hmm. we feel that we need somebody to comfort us while we're sitting in our emotions. Mm-hmm. We jump into jobs too soon, ministries mm-hmm. too soon, you know, friendships too soon. Entire thing like a, we jump into too much too soon to the point where if all the wrong that could go wrong goes wrong because we pre- decided to prematurely jump into something. You know, we didn't just take the time to develop a friendship out of that relationship thing. We didn't t- take time to, you know, research a little bit more on the job and see if it's something I really wanted to do. You know, we didn't research enough on the school or whatever it may be because we didn't sit with ourselves and really discern who we truly are. You know, everybody mm-hmm. talk about the discernment, like knowing who peop- other people are. Mm-hmm. You got to discern their spirit. You got to discern the spirit. But Test it. Right. Test, <laughs> it. Test the spirit, buddy. <laughs> Test that spirit. <laughs> <laughs> you your own spirit. Uh, hello. Have you done that? <laughs> right, 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 right. You filled out the bubbles yeah. in your own spirit. And it's just that mindfulness of who you are. You know, knowing your triggers, knowing, you know, when it hurts and when to speak up to say, hey, this hurts. Knowing when to say, you know what? I got to sit myself down before mm-hmm. somebody else sits me down, mm-hmm. you know, because the worst thing that was people, sometimes people can go through is public embarrassment. Yeah. And being okay with sitting with other people down. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. Yeah. That is That's a hard big. lesson. Yeah, for sure. Hard lesson to learn because be- I'm, I'm, I'm usually well liked. Mm-hmm. So I don't like not being liked. Yeah. But yeah, I realize yeah, yeah. that I'm never liked in circles where people are liking each other for fake reasons. Mm. And once I got that, I'm like, oh, 
okay, God don't even want me in here. Right. Because, hey, you might set, just you set yourself free. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be free of this petty whatever. Because, yeah, yeah. You know, I just fully believe that God blesses us if we trust him. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we get into circles and ministry circles, and that was really the first place I really saw it and took as it was where, you have people that really don't like each other. Right. But, you know, they're in the space because they don't want to make waves. They don't want to stand out. They don't want to be upset. Mm-hmm. And we always talk about, you know, preaching from your crown without having them know what you expect. But one of the, the most disheartening things to me is that we will not preach a perfect sermon mm-hmm. because we don't want other people not to like us. Mm-hmm. And we don't want that person to shun us because the church act, operates like the mafia sometimes. Oh, for sure. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's always fascinating to me because when I think about, you know, coming, being a molecular biologist and how we were all like black people in STEM and we stuck together and mm-hmm. we studied and it was like, no, you ain't failing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh-uh. Come on over to my house. We're yeah, gonna yeah, study. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the notes for you. Okay, right. we're going to have to cheat today. Right. <laughs> like, it was by any means necessary, necessary that yes. we would all uh-huh. cross the finish yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was what almost stopped me from sending that letter to my pastor and telling him that I was ready because I didn't want to get lost in that. I didn't want to be afraid to speak my mind or to say, you know, this ain't right. Mm -hmm. You know, fighting for sacred space. I didn't want to have to be that person that says, well, you know, everything that they doing is crazy, but I'm going to be okay with them because of their name or their brand or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, if something is wrong, with that brother or sister, and not saying wrong, like they just terrible and you speak for them and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, when you can tell that somebody really going through something and it's it's impacting the way that they engage others and how they operate, mm-hmm. you know, they just out there on the boat and everybody's swimming past them because they want what they have. That's sad. Yeah, In the yeah. church, we will not, hey, come on now, pull it, pull it together. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we don't say those things. And yeah. I, I almost did not, and my, my pastor can testify to that. I almost did not, <laughs> you know, <laughs> send that letter to him. And I kind of was like, yeah, I think I am. Wait a minute. <laughs> you know, and thank thank God he allows me to be brutally honest with him. But just I did not want to be fake. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be phony. That don't mean that everything that comes to my mind needs to be said. Right, right. You know, sometimes we just got to pray for people and understand they, they in a hurt place. Mm-hmm. But I can stand the phoniness of that because we in the church we're some millennials are very critical of the church and how we operate and how we dress yeah but are not very critical of how the fact that we just don't engage each other mm-hmm. the right way we don't treat each other right like yeah. we talk about the older generation mm-hmm. and what they do and how they do but, and mm-hmm. what they don't want to talk yeah. about but we we that apple don't fall far from the tree not at all you know so we're doing some of the same things but i understand again that looking back I have to always be reminded of who God called me to serve first. Mm-hmm. And that means that I got to pray <laughs> for the oh, sisters yeah. that I may not like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or, you know, people that I do like. And that that's the thing that I learned also. Sometimes the enemy will try to pull you away from people that you should be in relationship with. Yeah. And you end up not liking a person that was a part of your destiny, mm. truly. You know, and I'm very careful about that. Whenever there's somebody I really can't stand, God has, I've, I've learned to just pray. Some people, they shouldn't be there. But I've learned to really, really pray 
because sometimes that sister or brother that I genuinely can't stand yeah. is somebody that I should have been praying for. And I think one of the things that's important for young people, young ministers, especially that are dating or whatever, sometimes you have to be careful. Well, all the time, be careful making your initial assignments like that. Mm. Because sometimes a person came into your life and you thought they were attractive. Y'all had a had a good kindred in yeah, the yeah, yeah. spirit, mm-hmm. but it wasn't meant to be romantic. It was meant to be platonic. It was meant to be a spiritual connection so that you yeah. can pray for them, so that you can help them, so that you can do whatever. And I'm so grateful for all my um, male platonic friends that, you know, taught me what it lo- felt like mm-hmm. and looked like to be respected as yep. a woman. You know, to to be treated like my good friend Errol, homie. Listen, <laughs> listen. Me and Errol are really good friends. We're prayer partners. We're buddy. There's absolutely no romantic energy between us at all. But there better not be a time mm-hmm. when I have a need and he don't say, "Hey, sis, I got you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or especially leaving corporate and coming into town. Hey, what you need? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um, that I was I was grateful for that. Yeah. And you know, just being able to have conversations and feel things through him. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, all my other friends, my brothers, my sisters that have rallied and stood with me, you know, just understanding that everybody that you don't like is not somebody that you need to just try to kill all the time. Right, and right. Definitely being careful not to not like people because of what other people have said about them. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Now listen, Shakira, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. That was that was a, a dope conversation. Thank um, you. I appreciate it. Um, before we go, let the listeners know where they can find you at, um, how they can get in contact with you, or anything else you want to share. What can they have coming up next? Okay. Well, you can find me on Instagram at virtuous underscore coach. Again, that's virtuous underscore coach. You can find me at www.virtuouslife.org. Also, um, my next project that I have coming up is a Bible study for women called The Well. Um, so it's really based off of the sister in the Bible, the woman at the well. Um, and I just was looking at that story, you know, when I was thinking about doing this Bible study and realizing mm-hmm. that how, you know, at one point she was avoiding people in, in the daylight. And then at another point she was yelling and telling people to come see a man. Like, no matter where we are as women, we are all either having a well experience, about to have a well experience, mm-hmm. coming out of a well experience, going into a well experience. And so this Bible study will be for sisters to really come together. We're going we're gonna to do some Bible study and things like that. But really, it's for us to come together, um, share with one another about our experiences, help build each other up, um, and build purposeful connections. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, be on the lookout for the well, but follow me on Insta, virtuous <laughs> underscore coach. It's been a blessing. All right. Well, listen, y'all heard the story. Y'all heard her talking about overcoming yourself. Do some soul searching. Look in the mirror one more time and ask yourself, Has a, have I overcome these? So this is Joe Von J. Palmer, Living Blessed Podcast. We're out.